Thank you for joining us for this podcast from College Church of the Nazarene University Avenue. The following was recorded live on location in Bourbonnais, Illinois. Two and a half uh, months ago, uh, Jay Sundberg, who is the field strategy coordinator in Central Europe, which includes Russia, asked uh, Dev and me if we might host uh, Lexi and Olga, uh, who are Russian missionaries to Serbia. They're coming to General Assembly. Uh, They were coming to the General Assembly, which is this week. Uh, Deb and I are taking them to Indianapolis tomorrow. Uh, As I mentioned, they are from Russia. Both of them ordained Nazarene pastors. Um, He teaches, they both, well, he teaches at uh, European Nazarene College, an Old Testament prof, and she's the chair of the theology department at Eastern Nazarene College. Uh, They both have master's degrees from University of Manchester and Olga has a PhD and did her dissertation on St. Basil's Ecclesiology. As I said, they're currently missionaries to Serbia, serving with Ben and Handa Panda, who are right here. Would you guys raise your hands? Ben and Handa, Hanna Panda, they are grandchildren to Jack Furby, who's, I think, back there. Is Jack in the service? Yes, the second time. This is the second worship service he's participated in this morning. Uh, but the Ponders were here three and a half years ago before they went to Serbia and uh, are home to uh, go to General Assembly. Well, they're missionaries to Serbia. And when Jay asked if we would host them, well, they were in the States, we said, yes, of course. And so they flew in from Belgrade on Thursday. And uh, Friday, we uh, had a couple meals together with staff and uh, mission council And yesterday, we spent 14 hours in Chicago because we wanted them to see the city of Chicago because they said that St. Petersburg was the most beautiful city in the world. And so I wanted to show them maybe an alternative to that. They may comment on that later. The reasons they are missionaries in Serbia, which was a part of the former Yugoslavia, uh, is because it is one of the few countries in all of Europe they can live. Uh, they're one of the few countries in Europe that are welcoming Russian immigrants, refugees, right? And they're living in Serbia since January of this year, just five months, because they were not re- allowed to stay in Latvia, which is a border country to Russia, a Baltic country, way up north. Uh, they were not allowed to remain in Latvia because they were Russian citizens. And they're living in Serbia and not Russia because it is too risky for them to return to Russia, which they'll talk about in just a minute. Um, But when Jay asked if we would host them, I thought it might be really good for College Church to hear from them and hear their story as well, which they have graciously agreed to share. And so we're going to start kind of at the beginning before we get to why it was they were asked to leave Latvia or not allowed to stay and how it is they ended up in Serbia and not in their country of birth. I'm just going to ask them some questions so that you might get to know them a little bit. Where in Russia were you originally from? Originally, I'm from Volgograd, used to be Stalingrad, 
and Olga is from Volgograd area, it's south of Russia. So, yeah. From, from, from Volga, Volgograd, Volga, Volgograd, Volgograd uh, originally. Volgograd you notice I did not try to repronounce their last names, uh, even though I have practiced it all weekend. Would you say your last names? Alexei Shipovalov. Olga Druzhinina. Okay, so now you know why, right? <laughs> So, but I had it written phonetically out, but uh, they're from Volgograd, and uh, they were not raised in Christian homes. Uh, my family was 100% atheistic, 100%. But uh, later on, uh, my grandmother told us, we were married already, that originally she was from Christian family, but during Soviet time she had to hide it. Because it was like forbidden during Soviet time. During the Soviet Union, so you were raised in an atheist home because yes, that was yeah. what how Russians were raised in those days, and you were not raised in a Christian home either. Yeah, my my, <clears throat> my story is a little bit different. Like at that time, people were not allowed to attend churches, and therefore none from my family would attend any church. Um, but my grandmother, she believed in God. And, uh, and she shared with me about God, God the Creator. And she taught me how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and I remember the Lord's Prayer from that time. And she also shared with me the really good idea. Uh, I'm really thankful for that. She said, you know, God is alive and you can talk to him. If you are in trouble, you can talk to God and ask him to help you. And it was the most important thing which I learned from my grandma. So how is it that you became believers? And we if you would step forward, <laughs> and then we're going to step back while you speak. <laughs> so don't walk back, stay front. So people here, there, we, we, we practice this. And Olga will step back a little bit too, and then she'll speak and step forward. Soviet Union was destroyed. And at that moment, it was 1992, we got first American missionaries in Russia. It was not Soviet Union already, it was Russia. And from that moment on, our life has changed a lot. Because at one moment, uh, we found an announcement in the local newspaper, and the announcement was Bible lessons on English. And uh, it was so interesting for us. Bible was forbidden for years, and we didn't know why. We even had no idea why it was forbidden. What is written there, and uh, English was interesting for us also. <laughs> so it was, uh, for me, it was 100% curiosity. It was just interesting for me to know a little bit more about the Bible, and English lessons, yes, uh, English uh, language also, and it was curiosity. And so you went to the learning Bible in English? Yes, right? yes. And the Lord was speaking to you as well? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was interesting feeling, like I believed in God, I mean I knew there is some kind of like God who created everything, and I was talking to him from time to time, and then it was like, really a revelation, like I realized like, oh, it's the same God. You know, these people who are talking about the Bible, 
they speak about the same God. And we, were, we didn't know the Bible at all because we even didn't know how Jesus Christ is connected to God. Like, no idea. We heard the name Jesus Christ and we knew about God, but like, no connection. Hmm. And then when, when we came to this Bible studies in English, I realized like, oh, okay, Jesus Christ is God. And, then, and so I was talking to Jesus Christ then. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it was interesting. And then after that, I, I really wanted to know more about God and, um, you know, and everything, what is written in the Bible. You were baptized into the faith in 1993. You were, 1993 is when you were baptized? Yeah, I was baptized in 1993. Alexei was baptized later. Baptized two years later. Yeah, I was baptized in 1995, and it was in the Church of the Nazarene in Volgograd. Yeah, he's pure Nazarene. You are, I'm pure. Pure Nazarene. You were baptized in another denomination. Yes. yes. All was, was baptized in the Church of Christ yeah. in Volgograd also. Yeah, but Alex is pure Nazarene. Pure Nazarene. <laughs> uh, and uh, he came to the faith a couple years later than you did. So you came to the faith and you started attending classes to learn about the faith, yeah. yes? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it was like really good that the Church of the Nazarene, yeah, like we love education. It's, uh, we love to teach people. Uh, and uh, they immediately, they started classes. They started classes for ordination, for new leaders, for new pastors, because they believe the church will develop. Therefore, we need new leaders, new pastors. They started courses. Um, and it, uh, one of the courses was uh, Doctrine of Holiness. I was a believer, and I wanted to um, take these courses. Uh, and Alexei wasn't a believer, but because, he was, because of his curiosity, he was following me, and he was allowed to attend these classes, this Doctrine of Holiness, and he became converted. <clears throat> so I know the name of the person who really convinced me, it's Larry Cromer, maybe you know him, and he's a beautiful teacher, and he was the one who convinced me, and uh, then my life changed completely. Yeah. And it was interesting feeling that even before, uh, that, before that, before, my, uh, before I became a Christian, uh, I had this like call inside me, and Olga also, I wanted to teach people to these beautiful stories, to this beautiful life that I found in Bible. I wasn't a believer, but I already knew that the Bible is very important book, important for everyone. And I already wanted to share the stories in the Bible. Uh, this is why I am Old Testament teacher. Stories, Old Testament stories are so <laughs> attractive for me. So you're reading the Bible for like three years before you go to this Doctrine of Holiness class, yeah. and you're loving the stories of the Bible, and you want to teach the stories of the Bible, even though you're not a believer. Right. So then yeah. you go to class. That's right. <laughs> so then you go to class in order to teach the Bible, and you became a believer. Uh, no, it was, it was on my personal level because uh, I wanted to have my God, to have my personal relationship uh -huh. with God. So uh, my willingness to 
teach stories, it was like one part, yeah. one part. And my willingness to have God as my friend, as a person whom I talk to, right. to share my needs, it's like another part of this. <laughs> so with your conversions and baptisms, you knew that you wanted to be a part of spreading the gospel in some way. Yes. From yeah. the very beginning. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. So you went and to school? Immediately, yeah. almost immediately after I was baptized, I already started uh, Sunday school lessons in our church in Volgograd. So you began teaching Sunday school right Sunday away? Sunday school, yeah. Right. Yeah, and probably like one year later, we became a pastor family. Yeah, and almost we, immediately, you became a pastor. Yeah, we family. became a pastor family. We planted the church, our first church from zero. All right. There wasn't any churches in this. Uh, it was like small town. There wasn't any church, even the, even Orthodox church, like nothing. And we started the church, uh, pastored this church. Uh, three, uh, three years later, uh, we got the leader who became the pastor after us. Now he's a day even. And then we, start, we planted one more church and then one more. <laughs> so you planted three churches in this town. Yes. Uh, no, not, not, in not, in, not in not this, in this, it's in three this churches area, in this, in this area. area. Okay, yes. all right. And you were going to school to learn to be pastors at the same time. Yes, we were taking classes. Uh, uh, the church provided these classes for ordination, and uh, we took 24 classes. The teachers would come, uh, mostly American teachers. They would come, they will teach us, they will do lectures for like two weeks with the translator, and then later we will submit the, all the papers. Uh, yeah, and we took 24 classes for ordination this way. Which led you to European Nazarene College, where you continued your education. Yes, because we always wanted to be teachers, always, from the beginning. We wanted to teach people about God. <laughs> uh, this was our call. And, uh, and the church also asked us, like, would you like to study further? Would you like to go to Brusingen? Uh, it's Germany, Switzerland, uh, and got your BA. We said like yes, and then after that, would you like to go to Manchester? Got your MA, got the master degree. We said yes. Yeah, this is how we ended up. So the church education. has provided you education so that you might fulfill your call yes. to be teachers yes. and pastors. Yes, we're very thankful. Uh, it's not so easy. I mean, it's not that I'm, well, <laughs> I'm sharing with you, you think like, oh, they got this BA, then MA. It was long story with different kind of steps. Like even when, when we finished, the, when we got our BA, we were told like, oh, you know, uh, we don't have any funds for you. Yes, it would be nice if you go and get the MA, but we don't have any funds for you. Uh, but we can make the agreement. And they made the agreement with the Nazarene uh, Theological College in Manchester. They said like, okay, these people will come and study, uh, and then we will pay later. We will try to find support for them. Uh, and we, when we came, we didn't have any money at all, like personal money, nothing, nothing. Really, and we got, but God provided. God provided the jobs. We were cleaning the college. We were working 10 hours in, um, in the library and we were supporting ourselves. And then later, when we already finished all the courses and we were writing the dissertations, uh, they found the sponsor, the donor who paid our education. God is faithful. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
You didn't stay in South Russia, you went to St. Petersburg. Yes, we, we went to St. Petersburg because our children, we have two daughters, the adults, now we have three granddaughters. Uh, they, at that time, they already moved to St. Petersburg. The one studied in the um, uh, Christian, uh, Christian University, uh, founded by the Baptist Church, and the other one was studied in the different universities as well, not Christian. So you're attending and working in a church in St. Petersburg for about 10 years or so, yes? Yes, yeah. <clears throat> we were not uh, pastors in, uh, in this church, but uh, later on uh, there were like, uh, several pastors during these 10 years, and the church asked us to be pastor family for one year in this church, so, <laughs> but m mostly uh, I was a uh, Sunday school leader, uh, Sunday school teacher, and for 10 years I was Sunday school teacher. Yeah, yeah we were preaching for this church, church, teaching there, helping with different kind of activities. Uh, mostly what we were doing, we were teaching for the European Nazarene College, traveling a lot all over European part of Eurasia region, we would teach um, in Armenia, in Kazakhstan, in Russia, uh, in Ukraine at that time, um, and also in Europe, like Bulgaria, Romania, Albania, Netherlands. Yeah, we were asked to teach and we, we so were So professors for European Nazarene College traveling around Europe teaching and pastoring, helping to pastor this church in St. Petersburg. And then the Lord said... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's another story, another, After 10 years. another miracle. Uh, another part of our relationship with God. Um, we, 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 yes, uh, um, St. Petersburg is a really nice city. It's, it's the like, most beautiful city in Russia. The, it's 100% it's the best 100%. city in Russia. 100%. Yes. It's much better than Moscow. How does it compare to Chicago? <laughs> it's different. <laughs> <laughs> different. Okay, compared to Chicago, it's ancient one. It's an ancient city. All right. Actually, it's 300 years old, but it's like, it used to be capital. It's very beautiful buildings with the, all the statues, a lot of like golden parts. It's like really uh, interesting. Anyway, it's the best city. Uh, we have our family there. We have our children, grandchildren. Um, we, we're doing what we love to do. We're traveling and teaching and um, we're doing church as well, and it's like really, really nice atmosphere. We're really satisfied, and at the same time, there was this calling, both of us, we were, felt the same, like, we have to go somewhere. God is calling us. It seems like you feel this calling, like, your time in St. Petersburg is over, you have to go. And I was like, where? Where should I go? Where should we? I mean, it's like hard question, where should we go? And it's like for a while, I don't know, for a year probably, we feel like you should like leave your children and grandchildren, you should go. And once Alexei went somewhere and I was alone by myself um, and I was praying, talking to God as I used to do, I was talking to God and feeling this, you know, like I sh you should go, you should go. And I said like, yes, I agree, okay, I will go, just tell me where. <laughs> and I received like clear answer in my mind. It was really clear. Riga, Latvia. Riga is capital of Latvia. Like Riga, Latvia. And I was like, no way, no way, because it's impossible for Russian people with Russian passports 
it's impossible. It's impossible to, do, to get the proper papers and serve there. We don't have any church. Not, church of the Nazarene is not present in these like, Baltic countries up north Europe. We don't have churches there. And, we have, and God is telling me, like, you should go there. <laughs> like, no Church of the Nazarene. Nothing there. And like, how? Um, and I shared with Alexei. Alexei came home. I shared with him. And uh, I said, like, God answered. And he told me, like, go to Riga, Latvia. Alexei was like, it's so fine. Fine. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now, part of the problem was Latvia yeah. is not a friend to Russia. Oh, yes. They it's had, not. It's, they have been part enemy. of the Soviet Union. And now they're part of NATO. Yes. And so they're the enemy. Yes. Right? Yes, so... they are. <laughs> yes. And, um, and we thought, like, okay, now we have to share somehow with the church authorities that if we would like to go as missionaries, if God is sending us to, as missionaries to Latvia, then we have to share with these church authorities. And it's a little bit, like, complicated. If we thought, like, if we tell them that we're... We should, that God, God told us to go to Latvia, that would say like, no, 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 no way. <laughs> You're just crazy, it's just crazy idea. Uh, but anyway, it was May, it was end of May, and in August, the Church of the Nazarene in Eurasia region uh, decided to do the program for people who would like to be missionaries, just two months later. The first time in Eurasia region, they decided to do this program, and they decided to do this in Moscow, and we thought, like, okay, we should probably go. And still, we, we had some doubts, and we were discussing many times, like, should we really tell them? Or maybe we should keep silent. And then Alexei talked to the Scott Rainey, who is the global um, Sunday school director right now in the Church of the Nazarene. Yeah, I shared with him. He was that field strategy coordinator at yeah, that time. Yeah, he was uh, field strategy coordinator uh, at that time, and I shared with him that God told us, Olga, God told, <laughs> told Olga, <laughs> and uh, God said, we have to go to Latvia, to Riga. Scott looked amazed. Wow. And he immediately shared with us, you know, God told me to send somebody, some people to Latvia. And I answered God, who? Who is going to go there? I have no one to send there. And it was like clear, uh, obvious, like God's decision that goes from confirmation. Confirmation, yeah, that goes from both sides, from our side and from his side, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. We, we were also surprised and shocked, uh, yeah, that God told him, I mean, he told him, as the church authority, that he's supposed to send somebody, and he told us that we have to go. Yeah, and that took us about a year, I think, to, um, to do all the paperwork uh, and got the permission to stay, got the residency and permission to stay in Latvia. We found people um, in the Salvation Army, the heads of the Salvation Army in Latvia. We have never, ever met them. They are from Sweden. We never met them, and we came to them, we talked to them, couple times, uh, visited them, um, telling them that God told us <laughs> to come to Latvia. <laughs> and uh, and they, at the end they said, okay, we will support you. As the church, uh, as the Salvation Army, we will provide all the documents for you, and you will be able to serve in Latvia. And we did. 
So you served in Latvia four years until December of 2022, when until January. January 2022. Yeah, the middle of January 2022, because this January 2023. Yeah, three 2023. January 2023. You served in Latvia until then, and you had to leave because yeah. Um... The war started between Russia and Ukraine. The war started in February 22. Um, and uh, we immediately, we got all the refugees from Ukraine, from eastern part of Ukraine. And eastern part of Ukraine actually uh, populated by Russians. Um, they, they have Ukrainian passports, they have Ukrainian citizenship but ethnically they are Russians and they were bombed and killed and they escaped uh, Ukraine and they came as refugees to Latvia and we were helping them a lot. Well, together with the Salvation Army, we were helping them, providing food because they would come with nothing, really with nothing, um, providing you know, dress, uh, clothes, whatever, whatever they needed, they would come, mostly women because men were not allowed to leave the country they were supposed to protect the country, and they, um, uh, and it was mostly women with little children, and it was, and we were helping them, and we thought that somehow Latvia will, Latvian government will appreciate what we are doing, and they will allow us to stay. But in September, the war started in February. In September, the the Latvian government issued a law that if you have Russian passport, it doesn't matter what kind of ethnicity, even if we are Ukrainians with Russian passport, still it's the same. Uh, we have to leave La Latvia, we cannot stay, we're not allowed to stay. It doesn't matter whether we're against the war and we're help helping refugees, we have to leave the country. And we asked the church, what shall we do? And they said, like, try to apply again. Maybe they, they will consider that what you are doing and we will supply all the documents. And the church supplied all the documents. Um, Salvation Army supplied all the documents for us. And still the government said, like, no, just because you have these Russian passports, you have to leave the country. So they gave you five days to yes. leave uh, yes. Latvia because you were Russian citizens. Yes, yes. Even though you were not supportive of the war? No, we were against. And even though you were helping Ukrainian refugees, yes. they said, you have to leave. Yes. And you had to leave. But uh, most European countries are not receiving Russian immigrants, refugees. Uh, Serbia is. Yes. Uh, uh, 150,000 Russians have fled Russia for Serbia. Yes, because the people who are against the war in Russia, um, they don't want really to be there. It's, it's a little bit risky to be there, because if you say something, it's very complicated. Sometimes your own relatives would be against you. For some people, I heard this kind of stories that people like children and parents, they will fight about this issue. And the, the many, this young generation, educated, mostly IT people, they left Russia uh, because they want to support this war. And so there the are 150,000 Russians in Serbia, and Jay Sundberg is over the field, he uh, understands that, and he knows you have to leave mm -hmm. Latvia, and he suggests to you that you go to Serbia. Yes, it was like the conversation started a little bit uh, like in, in 
November? Was it November? In October, probably. Yeah, we started the conversation with the church. We, with, we knew about this new law, and we thought, like, okay, maybe we will be able uh, to stay in Latvia. Where shall we go? And we know Jay for, like, 30 years, maybe more. Um, and uh, we communicated with him as well, uh, and we thought, like, okay, we were thinking about Bulgaria, because we didn't know anything about Serbia at that time. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, really nothing. Uh, maybe we knew that it was part of Yugoslavia. We even didn't know where it's located. It's somewhere like south of Europe. <laughs> nothing more. <laughs> we don't know anything about Serbia. And we were thinking, oh, maybe we will go to, maybe you will take us to Bulgaria, because Slavic country, Slavic language, maybe we will somehow serve there. And he said, like, you know, people are praying for you. They're not for us personally, but people, there is a huge need. Thousands and thousands of Russians are coming to Serbia because we don't need visas for Serbia. We don't need visas, we can just stay there. And thousands of these young people, uh, most of them not believers, not believers at all, they're coming to Serbia, just escaping Russia, escaping this war, um, and they, they're lost. They don't know what to do because they, they left their country. They don't agree with their country. Uh, they don't know what to do in Serbia. And they really need God. They really need this hope. They need God. They need to know Jesus. And, he, and the, there, there is a team there already. Um, there, is a, there is people there in Serbia. <laughs> Ponders. <laughs> they here. Yeah, and they are praying already that God will send somebody, Russian-speaking people, to serve these people uh, and introduce them to God, give them some hope. They're praying for you. Just go there. And we prayed and we talked and we discussed because we like we don't know. We don't know. Like why shall we go there? We don't know this country. <laughs> we don't know anything. It's like going nowhere. We don't know. Uh, but yeah. we hundred percent are in good hands today with Ben and Hannah. <laughs> and uh, from very beginning we got this feeling we are a part of the family. Yes, it was, this was the yeah. feeling, yeah, yeah. Because we knew Jay very well, you know, he was already for us like a family. And we trusted him and we trusted God and we thought like, okay, we don't know where we're going, but God is faithful, he will go, he will, you know, help us to go through, yeah, and we ended up in Serbia. <laughs> so they agreed to go to Serbia, have, having to leave Latvia, and uh, we're given five days to leave. The night before you left, you were planning on driving through Poland when you discovered on Facebook yes. that Poland was yes. arresting mm -hmm. Russian yes. citizens. Yes. Yeah. So you couldn't go through Poland, which means you had to find another way to Serbia, which is another sort of miracles, which yes. ended on yeah. a ferry to Germany in the middle of the night. I mean, then you had to drive in the middle of winter through Germany, Czech Republic, Hungary to Serbia. Yeah, and we, we even we were stopped by the police uh, in, uh, I think, Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Yeah, and uh, we were sitting in the car. They said, like, sit in the car, give us, give us the documents. And we were sitting and praying there, like, 15, 20 minutes. It was, like, long somehow. They were checking all the papers. I thought, like, and we were just praying. We thought, like, God, if you're really sending us to Serbia, like, help us. And then, like, 20 minutes later, they came, they said, like, oh, yeah, you have good papers, everything is fine, you can go. <laughs> and you can't go back to Russia because it's too risky. Yes. Um, it's a it's very, very complicated situation in Russia. 
because uh, a lot of people, they are on the propaganda, especially like people who watch TV all the time. You know, it's 24-7 propaganda. Um, they are telling people that Ukraine is the enemy and actually Ukraine is wanted to attack Russia and protect, they really wanted, they have to attack Ukraine because otherwise the Ukraine will attack Russia. And they believe this kind of stuff. Many people believe it. Um, now they think that, uh, they, they, they try to justify this war thinking that uh, Ukraine is the really enemy. Uh, some people who do not watch TV, who watch like online something else, who are really intelligent and do understand what is going on, um, they are trying to uh, leave the country, they are trying to escape. Um, some people cannot due to different kind of circumstances. Not everybody can leave the country. Um, like our children, they're still there. They're still there uh, in, in Russia. They, they have just to be quiet. Um, and um, you, you, just, you don't share um, with other people, even with your relatives. You, you're, you're careful. You don't talk about war or Ukraine. Um, and um, if somebody, if we come, if we go back to Russia, and somebody who really uh, supports the war, supports this idea, would think like, oh, you know, they stayed four years in Latvia, they they were helping these Ukrainian refugees. They're really not loyal, you know, to our government and to our country, and they can report us to the police, and we can be arrested. And uh, it's it's really like you. You, you, you have to be silent there. You cannot really say anything because once we, we were eating in a public place uh, and I, 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 with our children, a lot of people around, uh, and, uh, and I just mentioned something about Ukraine and our children, they were like alarmed. They're like, mom, just stop saying anything. Like, be quiet, don't say anything. And I said, why, what, what's wrong? And they said like, you don't know who is listening. They can report you immediately. Maybe it's okay, and you will just pay fee. You know, you will pay like fifty dollars fee, or maybe you will end up in prison for two weeks, or maybe even worse. Yeah, it's like risky. So, your life has been turned upside down in the last year with the war in Ukraine. Doing good work in Latvia, had to leave Latvia. Now you're in Serbia, a country you didn't know anything about. So how have you? How do you navigate this? How do you get through it? How, what, how? How does one do this? I think the only thing that can help in this kind of situations, and we are trying to share this with people, with Russians who are not believers in Serbia, and even with believers, um, the only thing that can help you if you trust God. God is faithful. As human beings, we cannot really calculate everything, predict everything. We don't know the future, really. We don't know. I mean, we, we wouldn't even guess that we will end up in Serbia. We cannot plan it. Only God can. Only God can provide for you uh, all the hope and the meaningful life. Because many people right now in Serbia, non-believers, they are lost. They lost the meaning of their life. Like they, they, the life sounds like meaningful. They don't know what to do, like what 
will happen next year? I mean, will they have the resources to live there? Will they, what shall they do? Um, and they really cannot go, they are younger than us. They would be mobilized and sent to fight with Ukraine. Um, they are lost and the only um, reason why people can really survive and live and have meaningful life in these kind of situations when you know God, when you know Jesus personally, when you know that He is faithful, He is with you, He is really, He is in charge of your life. It's not you. You are not in charge of your life. It's Him. And if you trust completely, 100%, if you trust Him, He will provide. He will give you peace. He will guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will lead you. He will provide for you the family, like for us. When we came to Serbia, there was the family for us. Ben and Hannah, and then we met some other Russian believers. Now we have this family in Serbia. We have never met them before. Just five months ago, we didn't know them at all. Now they are our family. We meet together, we pray together, we serve together. And it's just because of God. God is faithful. He was always faithful. Like all our life, all, all these years, He was faithful, faithful. And if you know about that, if you trust Him, if you know, then your life is like meaningful. You can, you can live, you can serve. You can be helpful. You can give hope to other people and introduce them to God, to Jesus. So what is your future? <laughs> a good question. <laughs> it's about the true citizenship. The true citizenship is not on earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is in so, heaven. It yeah, is in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The more we, you understand the simple truth, simple one, that the true citizenship is not on earth. It's not Russian passport. It's not passport. <laughs> no, not Serbian passport, but it's heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I think our future really depends on God. And uh, but we believe whatever is going to happen, uh, if He moves us somewhere else, He will be with us. He will be with us. We cannot be. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. God is with us. <laughs> them uh, three days and uh, the spirit that you witness on the platform today has been their spirit all three days um, confidence in the Lord's care for them I mean without a country uncertain of your future but you heard it. Uh, your life is in the Lord's hands. Um, and this morning, as we uh, take the sacrament, uh, I wanted to do it particularly today uh, because it symbolizes the unity and community of the faith. And I wanted to 
take the sacrament with Olga and Alexei this morning in fellowship with them and in unity with them. Um, I wasn't planning on this part, but um, I think College Church needs to be supportive of their work in Serbia. And so we're not prepared to take an offering, but we do have envelopes in the pews and we do have offering boxes. And you can give this week what the Lord would lay on your heart to give. But I would love it if you would consider us a part of your family, a part of the community of faith. Um, you have friends here. And so would you share the sacrament with someone this morning as we prepare to receive? So the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we are so grateful for the testimony of these two servants, the testimony of your faithfulness to them. And with this morning, I want to thank you for their faithfulness to you and for the faith that you have given them, the hope that you have given them, and their, their confidence that their lives are in your hands. Uh, Lord, it has been our privilege to hear a little of their story and it is a great privilege to be part of the same community of faith and so Lord as we take the sacrament this morning symbolizing our communion with you Lord it also symbolizes our communion with all of those other believers so we pray for their work in Serbia we pray for Ben and Hannah as they work with people who need to know of the hope that you give us we pray, for, we pray for the believers around the world, which, which we are part of, which are part of our community. So Lord, thank you for this reminder of the vastness of your kingdom. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, and preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you and let's eat it together. In the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, may it preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you and let us be thankful. Thank you, Lord, for this family that you have provided us. We pray these things in Jesus' name.
You've been listening to a podcast from College Church of the Nazarene, University Avenue. If you care to join us for worship, we meet each Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at 200 University Avenue in Bourbonnais, Illinois. We also offer a full range of activities, classes, small group meetings, and events throughout the week. For a complete list of what's going on at College Church or for more information on how you can get involved, please go to www.collegechurch.org.